Welcome to The Reboot Show. I'm your host, Amy Smith, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Sally A. Illingworth and Luke Stowe, and we're talking about smart cities. So guys, when I think of a smart city, I think of Futurama, and I've got these images of the Jetsons cartoons and everything that comes to mind. So what are we actually talking about when we say a smart city? What does that mean? Well, I like Minority Report. Do you remember that movie where Tom Cruise is walking through, uh, I think it was the streetscape, and the advertisement was advertising to him live. Like, hey, Tom, I don't think that was his character, here? but can you come in and have a drink here and um, join us for this beer that we know you love? Yeah. yeah, so I think about Futurama as well when I think about the future of what a smart city looks like. Mm. I think the current climate though that we're in, we'll probably see a lot of health applications coming into smart cities. Yeah. So can you see a, a time when you walk into a building or you'll be walking down the street mm. and something will be measuring your temperature and either you'll be able to get into the restaurant because your temperature's right or you'll be sent home or maybe even get on a tram or a bus or a train yeah. because you don't have the right temperature. That's the type of thing that I'm thinking about. So you think that'll city. become built-in infrastructure, not where someone's got the little sort of handgun style thing? And no, building infrastructure, absolutely, in a smart city. And I think everything's connected. So connected devices, imagine just everywhere connected devices. And with uh, 5G and 6G and God knows what else will happen after that, yeah. um, all these type of connected devices are now have much more uh, powerful computing capability. Mm -hmm. So edge computing, uh, internet of things, 5G, yeah. all these things converge to come to, you know, I, I know we've talked about tipping points before, but this really comes to a tipping point mm -hmm. in when cities become these, mm -hmm. um, it becomes a capability in terms of being able to connect, engage, yeah. Uh, provide us with information, uh, provide us with health and well-being, uh, and also personal security. So I can see this being a really uh, fantastic time to be alive and be in a smart city. What do Pretty you think? Pretty exciting. Sorry? I mean, for the people listening to the show, you know, if they're just going through their nine to five work and they're heading to work, like, what does a day in the life look like, Sally? Maybe that's a good one yeah. for you. Like, if you're sort of thinking about your day-to-day -day life, what kind of impact will a smart city have on that? That'd be laying in bed till about okay. twelve o'clock, wouldn't it? <laughs> Well, I think the thing, Luke, on a serious note, to ensure we provide value to the audience, um, you know, I think it's really important that um, to what Luke's saying and mm. thinking about what the day in the life of a smart city looks like, for me, it's really about control uh -huh. and more integration, like with yeah. all aspects of your life, all mm. aspects of your local community. Um, and I think that's a big thing because when we talk about the capability, it can sort of feel like as the consumer or as the resident to a community, if you like, you're not involved in that process or it's something you don't have a choice in. So yeah. I think as a consumer, if we approach it with the right mindset, what it's going to allow us to do is have more control because we will be, we will be better connected mm. with everything um, that we do in our lives and as a result we have more control over the things that we use particularly from a tech standpoint so in terms of that relationship between human and tech mm. um, I think it's only going to strengthen and then I think you know we've spoken about it before on the show um, what that will allow us to do as consumers is maybe feel more comfortable with that tech mm. uh, because it's not as detached from us it really becomes an integration of our day-to-day -day yeah. lives and do you see this as like a, a phased in approach or is it kind of like we wake up one day and we're living in this smart city? Like what does that look like in terms of, you know, those emerging technologies that are coming mm. into play? I think it's a really uh, great question. Um, you know, I, I sort of think about there are cities that are already sort of preparing for this and have yeah. been for a, quite a long time. Yeah. You know, once I had the opportunity to work uh, in Hong Kong and I was working for a major airline there and mm. 
you know, we did a strategy with them um, as a client. And one of the things that I was amazed at it, how willing they were at sharing their strategy around their technology and their technology play yeah. with the local airport, with the transport, with the local government, with the retailers. Mm -hmm. So it became a, 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 a really uh, an exercise about sharing mm -hmm. what the strategy was for the benefit of the city. And, and I, I think, think to that point, yeah. something that's really critical is, um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, across the globe between different uh, governments or even, uh, you know, in each country yeah. between different councils and so forth, that collaboration piece is so important because in order for us, I think, to actually experience what a smart city is like, mm. we require that all of those major stakeholders collaborate and work together to enable it because yeah. you need all people to come to the party. You need the software developers. You need everyone. You need councils to approve infrastructure yep. yeah. um, so it's really a collaborative thing at the end of the day and I think that's what will allow us to actually experience it yeah and is it going to be that easy like what are some of the challenges that we face in order to live in this new world and this new sort of smart city well, obviously, I think the millennials will be really frightened of this. Um, you know, I say that as a jest. No, I think, I think that what will happen is that there will be lots of privacy concerns. I mean, we saw that with uh, applications roll out across the globe. I mean, we have a global audience. So, you know, we've seen um, COVID applications that want to trace your movements as you walk around the city. So if you were next to someone that had COVID, that you'd be alerted. We've seen all of those type of technologies come into play. And I think there's been some real privacy concerns around that. Well, what do you mean? You're going to track me now all the time. Yeah. Uh, we've sort of only got used to the fact that Apple phones track you, you know, or yeah. Android phones track you. So and some people are still oblivious to that as well. Uh, that's know? right. That's right. Yeah. So I think there is um, definitely a change process that we'll go through. Mm -hmm. But I think that um, Sully's earlier point around collaboration is really quite key here because... Particularly for the development of, say, standards and governing yeah. that yeah. sort of stuff because there's actually, you know, there's a macro government risk in terms of, like, allowing smart cities to be built and mm -hmm. developed mm -hmm. because then that um, creates a, a sort of elevated security risk for them when it comes to say, let's just say geopolitics, uh, not going to the detail of it, um, but there's a huge risk there. Like if you think about even just driverless cars, yeah. right? And having the capability to have say, all of the traffic as uh, you know, driverless cars are and the autonomous vehicles on the road, then uh, what infrastructure risks do you have if someone is able to, through a cyber attack, intercept the systems that yeah. underpin that operation? Um, and that concerns the government, not just local communities. We've had the same thought about planes though for years, you know, like what happens if someone can get hold of planes from the ground and crash them into each other? Mm -hmm. You know, I think you know, what we need to focus on here is what's the benefits? What, what's the positives that are going to come out of this? We'll always have troubles, right, with anything that we do. So what, what is this going to do for people and our lives and livelihoods? And I only see positives. Yeah. Um, you know, look, one of the advancements that I've been thinking about... So if you're in an autonomous car and some person out of nowhere takes control of it, we just don't worry about that? Well, I've been in a car with you and it's probably safer. <laughs> so, you know, what, what I guess I'd like to say here is that we've got... Um, we've got some real uh, opportunity here. So drones, for example, one of my yeah. friends is working on a drone airport yeah. just outside of one of the major cities um, in Australia. And, you know, the concept is really simple. You know, uh, drones will deliver to your front door. So yeah. you can imagine this, your posters box is now some type of uh, heating and cooling safe that can be temper controlled. Um, deliveries can be made, the drone flies up, the door unlocks when it recognises the drone code, yeah. your parcel goes inside, it might be something that needs to be kept cool, something that's hot, 
and uh, it's refrigerated or heated until you come home and collect it. Yeah. I mean, these are quite exciting advancements mm. and I think that uh, we're pretty close. This yeah. tipping point's coming very quickly, yeah. particularly because of the technology advancements around cellular yeah. connectivity. I mean, we did the NBN, don't get me started on that, but you know, we should have gone wireless. And now when you look at it, we're gonna see, I think, uh, a large amount of the population of the world using this type of wild, wireless technology. Can I just say, sorry, to keep you comfortable and focus on the benefits of all of this, yeah, um, thank you. you know, in addition to that conversation around security, um, like to your credit, there is, I think, some major benefits from a security standpoint. So if you think about yourself, say, as a homeowner, um, or even if you're renting, it doesn't matter what the scenario is, yep. and you have greater connectivity and control remotely over things in your home. Um, so security systems and so forth, you can yeah. see what's going on, you have that visibility. Um, to your point about the benefits, there are the sort of the benefits on the security side of things, as well as the macro challenges. Yeah. For the people listening to this, that it, it kind of just seems a little bit out there for mm -hmm. them, right? They might not be able to really conceptualise, you know, exactly the extent of some of these emerging technologies. Mm. What are some of the things that they can start to do to prepare themselves for this new mm. world? And what are some of the things that, you know, they can perhaps adopt now that's mm. going to help them, you know, move forward? I, I think the first thing they can do is watch a reboot show because <laughs> uh, we'll keep you informed uh, and subscribe. Oh, look, I think the second thing is just, you know, have the conversation, start the dialogue. Yeah. I think one of the things that I, uh, I think about when uh, I think about technology and people is just uh, the dialogue being started. So start the conversation um, and, you know, ask questions. So, you know, for grandparents out there, ask, ask your grandchildren, you know, to explain to you what their thoughts are about um, smart cities and emerging technology. Uh, I think all of that just plays to a much more informed, a much more um, educated uh, society mm. and then we start to deal with technology as it starts to come through and it isn't going to stop that's yeah. the other thing it's yeah. in every factor it's here to so stay. smart cities are just you know they're going to happen mm. and smart communities well and if you think about the connectivity life. standpoint um, yeah. and this is uh, in terms of adoption what things people can start to adopt now that sort of will feed into that bigger picture of what a smart city actually looks like mm. and how people operate in that Something so basic as being able to, um, you know, remotely control your air conditioning unit yeah. in an apartment or in a house. Um, you that know, just really makes me feel like I'm being lazy if I'm just <laughs> sitting at home and I'm just like talking to my house. In terms of like connectedness know? with yeah. that that thing, that tangible thing, that house, like that's really what the future of smart cities mm. is. So at a really basic level, that's something that we're going to see at scale, where that's something we're going to see advance. So in terms of early adoption, people yeah. who are already adopting something as simple as that, mm. um, they're already really a part of that process of getting ready, future ready, if you like, to live in a smart city, because yeah. it's just going to be like that, but at scale. Mm. And what are you guys most excited about, about this new smart city world that we're going to live in? I guess maybe in your lives or just the, the lives of people around you? Well, I'd still like to drive my car, so I wouldn't say I'm yeah. excited about having an autonomous car, despite what Luke may think about <laughs> my driving. Um, I, I'm excited that it's so uh, unknown from an experience standpoint. So I think, um, you know, particularly say the three of us here on the show uh, with the audience, you know, we can always be talking about what this looks like and what, what capabilities exist, what capabilities are likely to exist. Um, but I think what I'm most excited about is what's that experience being a part of that smart city? What does that feel like? Uh, what are the new concerns that come about? What are the new ideas that emerge about what this might mean? Yeah, I'm excited about the um, convenience. So, like, yeah. I, 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 are you, you lazy? Know, I agree. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I can be. He wants the drone to come and deliver his pizza takeaway. That's fine. Yeah, how did you know I'm pizza? Yeah, absolutely. Capuchosa. Um, yeah. So yeah. basically, so so basically, look, what I what I think about is the experiences and the convenience of it. Yeah. And look, yeah, I love that. I love the fact that, um, you know, we'll be in a situation where, you know, I might be able to even have my private stock of wine that may be held somewhere delivered by a drone to the restaurant what right a there and then within what a like 15 minutes to share with my friends. I mean, how good would that be? I mean, I'll probably spend a lot more time at the restaurant, but, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I think we can all be pretty excited about the benefits from it from a health and security point of view as well. And what do you think are the biggest takeaways, you know, for people listening to the show that are wandering around these smart cities and how it's going to impact them? You know, what are the biggest takeaways that you're seeing to, yeah, that you want to share? Yeah, uh, probably driverless cars will be safer than getting in a car with Sally would be one. Yeah, but we've the established other thing, that. Uh, yeah. that I think about is, um, I think don't be afraid of it. Uh, start the dialogue, uh, tune into the Reboot Show and uh, get your updates and stay informed about what's happening within your community. Yeah, I'd say, like, certainly um, agree with Luke. Tune into the Reboot Show um, and be, yeah, become a part of the conversation largely mm -hmm. because um, I think that the more you become a part of the conversation, the more uh, you are open-minded about it, yeah. um, the more you are willing to uh, embrace what's happening and you can really become a part of the, I wouldn't say solution because it's not as though there's actually a problem, but you can actually really help to shape mm. what that looks like because with everything to do with tech, um, for example, you know, you can have all these great ideas that we want this to be used in this way. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the users actually control what ends up happening with that tech based on mm. how they use it. So I think as consumers, as residents to different communities and cities and so forth, we really have um, a massive role to play in this. Um, so I think becoming a part of a conversation um, is what everyone should be doing. Yeah, and I think it's going to uh, help a lot of partners out there when they're telling their partners to take the bins out and if it happens all automatically, just send a push that? notification. How good's that? You don't yeah. need to harass your partner to take the bins out of a night. Well, the clean up after dogs, I mean, that's the sort of smart city feature that I need. That's where, true. You know, I'm, yeah, it'll solve a lot of neighbourhood disputes. So I think on that note, I'll end it there. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sally and Luke. And make sure to subscribe to the Reboot show there'll be plenty of things like this episode and more to come and we want you to be involved so until next time see you then bye, bye.